Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Holly. And Amy and Kristen, we have a little. Uh, we're going to kick off this already laughing with a little with a little musical entertainment. We're going to serenade you, or actually, the NIH director is going to serenade you today, Dr. Francis Collins. I don't even know how this is real. Check it out. Somewhere past the pandemic, when we're free. I remember full of activity <laughs> somewhere past the pandemic masks will come off no more need for a nose swab every time we cough I mean, oh it wow. went on. It went on. We will spare you. But just some, who wants to tell him? Who stopped doing activity? Raise your hand if you stopped ha- doing activity. Oh my God, it goes back to that article, the Atlantic yeah, like, article. For the past two years, like who hasn't been doing a- their activities? Yeah. I mean, well, there are some that, that really truly really have stopped their and, whole lives. If you have it, I'm sorry. This was, <laughs> this was at a town hall meeting. He played this. And, you know, what I want to say is who wants to tell him that many of us have gone back to normal life a long time ago. Exactly. Like a long like, time ago. A long time ago. It is such so, so uh Kristen and I were in Scottsdale um this last week. And you know, here I am leaving Raleigh, where there's there's not a mass mandate in a lot of the towns around Raleigh. So um, but even in those towns, I would say most people are masked in public spaces. I get in the airport, everybody's masked airplane, of course, everybody's masked, right? Get off in Scottsdale, and the moment you walk out the airport, no one has a mask on. No one in restaurants, no one in the hotel, not no employees, no people. Like it is, you guys are living in the same world we are. Yeah. But they are living a completely different existence. They've decided that COVID's over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and well, it's, it's so it interesting is. to see how different places are taking this, like like Australia. Right, you know, versus the Arizona. United versus the United States, but it's different states within the United States, and how they're taking it. It's just so interesting. Yeah, it's it is. Mindset. It's your mindset, you know. Well, it is, and it's a different and do. It's assessing your own risk benefit, right, and then making your choices based on your own risk benefit at this point, because we know there's really no other way, based on the science, 
the current science, the today science, there's no other way to do this than to assess your own risk benefit, make your own personal choices and live your life. Because as basically everyone agrees on, the one thing most people do agree on now, there's no getting rid of this. This is now endemic. This is now here to stay. We are not going to wipe this out. Right. This is about learning to adjust to it just like we do with anything else. But if you listen to President, President Biden recently, he doesn't understand what's the big deal with Americans giving up freedoms. Listen to this. Everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? So how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? So who wants to tell him? Uh, 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 yeah. Can I tell you the big deal, uh, Mr. President? You're spreading misinformation. So where are your fact checkers? Where are okay. fact checkers you're on him? You are telling everyone, the American public, that get vaccinated so you don't spread the disease. Okay, can I tell you that according to the CDC, eight out of 10 people who have uh, have been tested positive for the Omicron uh, strain were fully vaccinated, eight, eight out of 10, okay? And one third of those were also boosted. Hmm. Now I'm going to, I'm going to just put a hypothesis out there that is not based in any um, evidence that's in front of us right now, but I would imagine those of us who have not been vaccinated yet have probably already acquired some form of natural immunity, whether we have presented with symptoms or not. We know there are many people who seem to have some kind of nat. Well, we know it's well over hundred million people. That was like from like what, three months ago that have natural immunity. So if I mean, when are we going to wake up to the reality that those of us who have already acquired this disease and built a natural immunity, it's it's pretty robust. It's pretty robust. And also, can I can I just can I give a silver lining hypothesis with this Omicron? Okay, we know that it is highly transmissible, but we also know that so far what we've seen is that this is a very mild cold. Like like we've talked about the law of declining virulence before on podcasts, like. This is not anywhere near the severity of Delta or even the very first strain. So the silver lining of this to me is for those of you who, who, who don't have natural immunity yet, if you get the Omicron, okay, that's just going to beef up more natural immunity in our country to where the herd immunity is even higher, even stronger. And so like, this is going to, Omicron could, could end this whole thing if it sweeps through and people get infected with it and have natural immunity for Omicron, like where is it going to go from here at that point? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally, totally. And, and this is, again, I want to remind everyone, and I don't remember what the latest is, but the Biden administration shut down traffic from Africa to try to stop the spread of this when clearly it's already here. It's already here. And he, in, in, in for a cold, this is not, this, this variant is essentially cold. Are there any deaths from Omicron yet, you guys? Do you know? No. Well, that that um, where I was reading, I forgot the source. I'll have to put it in our notes. But um, it did say that there was one brief hospitalization of those, you know, of the people who have the eight out of ten who have caught Omicron. One brief hospitalization, very brief. Um, otherwise, I don't think there are any deaths. Uh -uh. Um, but in, and also the CDC is, you know, there was an article I was reading that they are predicting like a surge coming up because of the holidays and Omicron and all this stuff. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out and also how that panic and hysteria, are, are we going to fall for this again? 
Are schools going to close? Are we going to have to put the masks back on? Are we going to like, what is going to, I'm very interested to see over the next like month, how this is going to be handled. Yeah. And y'all know that the flu came back. Oh, the flu is back. What? Yeah. It took, it took a little vacay. Yeah. A little vacay. But now that the testing is actually perhaps working and maybe they can decipher between influenza Mm -hmm. and COVID, the flu is back. That's my hypothesis. It's, yes. Well, we, well it's fact that the flu is back. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That, that's fact. But we also know, just to remind everybody, if you're a new listener or you've missed some episodes, the PCR test is discontinuing in just a few weeks, right? 2022. It's no longer be around. Because why? Because they found out it was giving false negatives and positives and confusing the flu with COVID. Right. It said it on the web. They said it on the web. It was either FDA or CDC, right. one of those websites, just saying that they couldn't de- it couldn't decipher between the flu and COVID. It clearly stated that. As someone who had COVID, I will say it felt like the flu when I was 21 years old. Like I, I had the flu once in my life, one, once, once in my life. No, I do not get the flu shot. And I've not had it since, but COVID felt like the flu. I believe I had COVID because I lost taste and smell. But the flu felt like COVID. I had the flu in the height of COVID, right when COVID was coming over here. Yeah, I was tested positive for flu, but everything I've heard of how people had that original COVID sounded exactly like what I had. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Right? Well, go ahead. There's also the. the fact, I don't even want to say theory because it's the fa- facts that st- scientists have been seeing this, that it's, they're showing that the vaccine is actually lowering people's T-cell, like lowering your immunity. So I, I also feel like my theory is that um, if that is the case, then people are probably going to be more susceptible to getting sick because your immune system is not as strong, and, as sad as that is, you know? So that, that just... Something to keep in mind. And again, you know, there, there are, the, 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 I mean, certainly they say if you have gotten the vaccine, you are more likely to have less severe symptoms when you get COVID. Certainly now the question is, but are you more susceptible to these variants because you've got the vaccine? So again, it's like that risk benefit situation of, are, you, might fare, you might not have, and, and, and one question I do have, and I guess, I mean, I, I want to really look at these studies more carefully because I've always wondered, like, how do you know that they would have had a better, they would have fared better? It, right. it, you know, like, what are you comparing that against? How you can't compare it against what it would be like if they hadn't got the vaccine. So many people I know that got COVID got a mild case of it. That's why I'm just curious. Like, I just. Well, there was a joke and we should not joke about this, but it is, uh, okay, like there's the people who have been vaccinated, but then die of COVID. And yes. someone says, well, it would have been worse if they weren't vaccinated. Yes. I'm like, I well, mean, how? They're comparing it against people who have four plus more comorbidities and are 80, 70 plus years old and are obese. And if you're not in that category, but yet you took the vaccine thinking that you're going to fare better, you know, have less severe disease, like, yeah, who are they comparing that to? Are they comparing that to another healthy um, person with zero I think they're just assuming because if they're more susceptible, you know, if they have those comorbidities, they're more susceptible to have 
a worse outcome but what with about the COVID. Who don't have the comorbidities. Exactly. So that's where that's where it's like okay, it is more of a calculated risk when you have those comorbidities, but when you're healthy, it should not be. Uh, it should. If you want it, go to. for it. But it right. should not be like, hey, you still should get it just in case. You know. Now, and I want to talk about this too. I want to talk about these vaccines here because. We are actually going to do an interview. We're not all going to talk. We're not going to talk about this the whole time. We promise. No, no, we're not. We got so much to cover and we got a short amount of time to cover it. But here's the thing. We want to talk about, we want to give you a little more information around this because we know many of you are listening and you are trying to, again, weigh risk benefit for yourself. You're trying to weigh it for your children. And we are going to be interviewing a pediatrician um, this week. And we will, that, that episode will come out in the, in the next seven days um, that you can listen to that will give you an expert who's treating patients, who um, is in this space and can speak to it from a, a clinical and um, educated perspective to give you the information you need to know. But we want to back up for just a second and remind everyone, if you're wondering why there are a gazillion commercials or um, things that are advocating the vaccine every time you turn around, Amy, what's the one you saw recently about Santa? Um, shots for Santa. Shots, 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 shots. Shot, shot. So y'all, it's, um, it's in Louisiana. Um, I know I had the yes I remember sending it to my friend Lauren Raymer because she listens she's from Louisiana I was like look at your state but it's <laughs> saying it's in our text you want to be on the naughty nice or be on the nice list um come get a vaccine making a list checking it twice gonna find out who's vaccinated and nice bring your five to 11 year olds to get vaccinated and see Santa get your shot for Santa and receive a $100 visa debit card when you get your first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. But Kristen, you just looked at VAERS this morning and we were talking about a quick search on your own. This is not from any publication. This is just you looking at it. What did you see this morning when you looked right, at it? Just so y'all know, like there's definitely um, sites that actually analyze these and you can just go and just look at it and it's just there and you just trust it and believe it. And they actually have like the openvares.com. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. But I actually went straight to the source, the vares.hhs.gov. And um, I just searched, I filtered it out and I searched for ages six to, no, it's ages six to 17 and just the Pfizer COVID vaccine, okay? And I just put in life-threatening, life-threatening events. There were 267 reported, okay? From that age group since just they started allowing these vaccines for these kids. Just since they started doing this. This has not even been, two years, a year and a half or anything, okay? But it gets better, no, it gets worse, okay? Ages six to 17, Pfizer, death, 32. 32 deaths have been reported, y'all, yet they're still bribing people. And I'm not saying, of course, we cannot say correlation is causation and all this, but why are they not investigating? Why are they not, and they're required to, but I don't know when they're going to get to it because there's like, there's almost Haven't they pulled 000. drugs off the market for oh, five deaths. Literally, okay, so I did hear there was an expert and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I cannot quote who it was right now. I heard this yesterday where he said, and, and again, this is either a doctor, a scientist expert. I mean, this is someone in the field. And he said, normally, if you have five deaths, even in a million, you know, even if you had a million people take the drug, it is pulled for evaluation. He said the number of deaths that have just been, you know, um, linked to this vaccine that we have just continued to just plow forward. He said it does not make sense. But let me tell you what helps make make it make sense. Go follow the money trails. 
go follow the money trust because listen, the so back in January, let's see, January 8th, 2021, I pulled the article up from healthrising.org where the NIH was reviewing the rapidly emerging data on ivermectin as a treatment, an effective treatment for COVID-19. Um, again, I was prescribed ivermectin. My father with heart disease, was, uh, who's in his 70s, was prescribed ivermectin for COVID. We both did great. Okay, whether or not it was ivermectin that helped us or not, I am just telling you, it didn't kill us, it didn't hurt us, and you know, we didn't have a hospital stay or even a doctor visit. Experience and no, it worked. Yeah, <laughs> tele telemedicine appointment. That was it. We were over it. Okay, so what I want people to understand is now more and more has come out of the opposition to any treatments being out there that were old, that were not new, that, that did not have a patent anymore, that were the drug companies would find them more profitable. And that was a hypothesis that we made early on as a podcast. As the three of us said, there has got to be a reason they are so against treatment. Well, guess what? We got hold of some stuff. Um, in January, this guy, Dr. Andrew Hill, he mm -hmm. works with The Who. And he testified with the frontline doctors, Dr. Pierre Corey and Paul Merrick. Okay, now he wasn't aff affiliated with frontline, but he was one of the doctors who, or, or scientists that was saying, there is compelling evidence that this drug we already have, this, um, basically it stops virus replication, but we know it's a what, like an anti, it's a dewormer. <laughs> it's like a- It's an anti-parasitic. Yeah, horse dewormer. But there is great evidence that this is actually really effective for stopping the replication of a virus. And so he testifies in January about all this, okay, with the frontline doctors. Within a month, though, Dr. Hill, using the same evidence he used to defend ivermectin, has a rewrite of his conclusions around ivermectin. Now, everyone's alarm should go off. Now, some people would say, well, you can evaluate, you can continue your evaluation and come to a different conclusion. No, 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 that's not what happened. And here's how we know, because there was another doctor who calls him out, gets on a Zoom call, and there is a transcript from this Zoom call where this doctor in Bath calls him out and says, what happened? You knew this was treating people. You knew that it was working. And he says, yes, I'm in a difficult situation. Okay. He acknowledges, he goes, she goes, uh-uh, you're going to cost millions of people their lives. And he basically, and again, if you want to read this entire exchange, you can go get Dr. I mean, you can go get Robert Kennedy's book um, that has just come out where he, he puts the entire thing in there. But basically, um, but basically, he justifies by, by saying, you know, I'm in a difficult situation. I've got people I've got to please. Well, it turns out there was a $40 million Gates Foundation grant that he would get for his organization if he did, did not promote ivermectin. Why? Because there was way more money in new treatments than in <laughs> what did you say? I said, OMG, like, oh my God. No, I said, oh my God. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it. so, but this is what I want you to, I want people to know this because this is not speculation. This is not, this is not a rumor. This is not a theory. This actually happened. Where's the mainstream coverage on this? L Lowry is the, is the lady's name. And yes, she says, 
Yeah. So here's, here's part of the transcript. She, and she says to, to Dr. Hill, lots of people are in sensitive positions. They're in the hospital and ICU's dying and they need this medicine. And he says, well, and she says, this is what I don't get, you know, because you're not a clinician. You're not the one seeing people dying every day. And you know, this medicine prevents death by 80%. So 80% of those people who are dying today don't need to die because there's ivermectin. He said, there are a lot. As I said, there are a lot of different opinions on this. And as I say, some people simply, and she interrupts him and goes, we're looking at the data. It doesn't matter what other people say. We're the ones tasked with looking at the data and reassuring everybody that this cheap and effective treatment will save lives. And it's clear. You don't have to say, well, so-and-so says this and so-and-so says that. No, it's absolutely crystal clear. We can save lives today if we can get the government to buy ivermectin. And so she, she calls him out and he just says, I think fundamentally we're reaching the same conclusion about the survival benefit. We're both finding a significant effect on survival. And she's like, I'm saying this is sure evidence. And you're acting like it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, like this is a hypothesis. She goes, we're looking at the data and he basically, you guys just goes, um, he goes, I know right now for a fact that the data right now is not going to get the drug approved was not going to get ivermectin used. And she goes, yeah, because the NIH is owned by the vaccine lobby. This is a woman in Bath, England, who works in the industry, who acknowledges the NIH is owned by the vaccine lobby. And Hill says, that's not something I know about. And she goes, well, all I'm saying is this smacks of corruption and you're being played. Mm. Mm. Ooh, high drama. High drama. Where, where's high CNN? Where's, where's Fox News? I don't know. Maybe they've reported on it. I haven't seen it. But I don't see any mainstream coverage on the fact that this stuff is being uncovered. And why? Because guess who else? Guess who else the drug company owns? The media. Mm -hmm. Now, lots are being lost. And if right. it does not harm or minimal risk of harm, why not? And it has the potential to benefit. I keep saying this over and over no, again. We're going around there and around. Are, how many years? There, how many years? And if you, look, whether you're vaccinated or not, yeah. you are going to get sick. Okay. Yeah. It is quite obvious. You're going to get something. You're going to have your date with COVID. You at some point. We all. Yeah. And you do not want to know what will help you. And you, the whole point, the whole goal, vaccinated or not, is to prevent hospitalization and death. Okay, that is everybody's goal. So whether it's free, cheap, expensive, whatever, whatever you choose, yeah. you have the option, but you need to know that there are options. And it is really sad and scary that doctors are not going by their Hippocratic oath and they are, they are getting paid and played. It is yeah. scary. But I want to know, like, I do want people to know because we, we do need to talk about health and you do need to know that there are other options. Holly, get, will you pull that video up? Because sure, doctors, yeah. I mean, there's lots, you know, we've talked about the Coppers app. We've talked about Snoot and I want to, we're going to have them on as well. Cause I want to tell you all a little bit more about chlorine dioxide as well. But, um, but for now you need to know about the cheapest option, um, which is Betadine and what you really should be doing. And Dr. McCullough has like, he was on, y'all need to go listen to Joe Rogan with Dr. McCullough. And here's something else. It's getting censored. They mm -hmm. tried to find it on Rumble and it was gone. Even oh Rumble. Oh my gosh. So it's on Spotify, but y'all need to go listen to but Joe. Listen, now. listen to it now. And remember, and listen to part of this. Remember that Dr. McCullough is a foremost authority, a lung and heart specialist, one of the most peer reviewed doctors pre COVID to heart and lung disease. And yeah. he is telling, he is telling Joe, oh, girl, y'all, 
please do yourself a favor. Go listen, go listen. But here's an excerpt right here. And terrific. The most effective contagion control, by the way, is 2021 data is actually using oral nasal virucidal therapy. Far and away. Yes. Yeah, explain that, please. Yeah, oral nasal virucidal therapy is basically using, uh, you know, virtually anything kills the virus. Any disinfectant kills the virus. Iodine kills it on contact. So if we use dilute betadine, uh, and so if you take a betadine over the counter, uh, it's a brown bottle. We use it to sterilize wounds in the ER. Buy it at any, any pharmacy and take two teaspoons and six ounces of water. Uh, take a nasal spray or a syringe brim, a, a, a syringe bulb, and spray it up your nose. Snort it back to the points and back of your throat and spit it out. I'm sorry, that's gross for your uh, audience, but you got to get it up there and back. Um, uh, that adequately decontaminates the nose. Then gargle with the rest of it, spit it out, finish up with some scope or Listerine. Doing that after you return from a day out with contact with people, especially close contact in close rooms. I'm talking public restrooms, small conference rooms. You have to be in contact with someone for about three hours, honestly, in a small room with no airflow to get it, or go into a loaded room like a public restroom or uh, tight, tight places at small uh, uh, stores. That the bottom line, that's where people get it from. Once it gets home, 85% of it spreads in the house. But using oral nasal viral therapy is such a huge advance that in a randomized trial by Chowdhury and colleagues from Bangladesh, 303 patients randomized to this virucidal therapy, uh, which is all topical, no prescription drugs, nothing else needed, versus a control group, which was just warm water, 303 patients in each group, it dramatically reduced the PCR positivity by day three. It knocked it down from 303 down to 24 patients still positive. Those who got the control, they're still all positive, and it markedly reduced by easily 75%. Chances are. Okay, so basically, what he's saying, if correct me if I'm wrong, Kristen, because you know more about this than I do, it stops viral replication, right? If you're getting it up in there, it kills, the it kills it on contact. So, like we've talked about this before, like the virus starts in your nose and that's where it starts to replicate. So, if you are in a crowded place, you know, go home and just wash your nose. You know, we've talked about snoot, but this is the beta, the beta dyne iodine stuff. Kristen and I have like actually put it on a q-tip and just like swab the inside of our nasal cavities and whenever we're around a bunch of people yeah, because the thing is, it, it and this is one thing that dr mccullough said and a lot i've said so many people think oh i've got just a mild case this always starts out mild okay the reason you even say like those the asymptomatic or whatever is because the virus is there in your nose in your mouth and it's replicating when you don't know it is okay so if you're around more high risk high places then like a big old crowd you know like when we traveled and stuff holly i took my suit i had my coppers out i had betadine and i did every time i was around everybody i went home and did it and that way it's not replicating. It starts there. It replicates. And he talks about the four pillars of this virus. It's like the replication, then something else, and the cytokine storm, yada, yada. You want to stop it in the beginning, okay? okay. So Early in to have this information because holidays are coming. A lot of people, well, those who are actually living their life right now, um, will be around family, okay, and friends and more people. So you need to know, go get some freaking beta down at, at the Walmarts and throw it in your stocking for stocking stuffers. I mean, that's the cheapest gift you can give yourself. Yeah, and, 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 and I'll just also say this, okay, so everybody can learn a lesson here. I know someone that I am close to, um, this just happened this week, and uh, he is, uh, I guess, uh, in his 60s, late 60s. 
he and his wife both got COVID. She instantly got on ivermectin. He thought he had a mild case, so he did not. He ends up in the hospital this week. She's already COVID recovered. He ends up in the hospital. Of course, at that point, he agrees to take the ivermectin. He only spent one day in the hospital and she would not admit him unless they agreed to let him get the protocol she asked for. They even let, I'm surprised they let, let her. They were in the Charlotte area and I do believe they went to a hospital that my father knew would is now prescribing ivermectin, which I believe is in Albemarle. So if you're in North Carolina, I think the hospital in Albemarle is now allowing yeah. their patients to, they're allowing their doctors to prescribe it. Anyway, so just so you know, again, it's like Kristen said, this starts mild. You just think you're, you know, oh, it's just got a mild case and it can turn on a dime. So that's right. why early treatment is important. And that's why these antivirals are important. Um, prevention. Prevention. And I think that's why if, if, you know, ivermectin has this efficacy that many, what, 60 plus studies have shown that it has, you know, I believe that's because of its antiviral properties. It's stopping yeah. the replication of the virus. But then if you can just kill the virus and then also just yeah. be freaking healthy, everybody like just commit every day, at least to get outside, do some exercise, get your vitamin D, you know, and we just want you to be armed with knowledge and to be prepared and to prevent our whole goal is to prevent severe disease, hospitalization and death, whether it be COVID or yeah. the flu, because yeah. flu kills too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It does. Yeah. Just as many. Oh my God. More kids for sure. Well, we're in, we're in the middle of cold and flu season now, right? And then we're going to be together for the holidays. And so you tend to see things develop out of that. These simple things, these simple things, get outside, drink your water, get your vitamin C, your vitamin D, your zinc, get those things in. Really, you don't have to get a cold or the flu or some kind of cold virus, respiratory virus every year. You really don't. There are many people who don't because they're in such good health, right? Yeah. So I think that's important for people to know. Okay. Anything else we need to mention about COVID? One more thing about, but would you, you know what, you know, who is uh, being killed right now are the turtles in the ocean from all the masks. I want to know what the environmentalists are when we're talking about all the, all of these masks. Okay. Here's another, you know, calculated risk benefit. Okay. Now I have not double checked this, but somebody posted this saying that 1.56 billion face masks were in the ocean in 2020. They said you could probably double that at this point. Okay. Mm. Um, so I, look it up. I'm not saying that that's exactly right, but it doesn't surprise me because I remember seeing that, you know, a while back, you know, we're worried about plastic straws and we're worried about all these things. Yeah. You have to consider that all. Where do these masks going on. go? Where do they right. end up? Right. So just throwing that out there. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's move on south to the border for just a hot minute because I continue to be just absolutely alarmed that there is nothing changing at the border. So uh, this morning on the news, um, you know, the federal judge ruled that the Biden administration had to reinstate the, the stay in Mexico order so that when people try to come over, they could not stay in the United States to wait for minutes. They had to go back across to the southern uh, so, you know, back into Mexico to wait. Apparently, the Biden administration was not wanting to listen to this. So they have not been complying in oh, the way God. that they were supposed to. Now, again, where is the consequence? This, you know, there were also federal mandate, federal judges saying you cannot do this, this vaccine mandate. And the Biden administration was basically telling people to ignore that, too. If of all the things that that Trump, the Trump administration and President Trump were accused of was tyranny of dictatorship. I mean, they doubled what down. Do you call this? this administration. What do you call this? 
what do you call it? And it's, it's astounding to me that they're just getting away with it. But if we criticize, if we criticize Biden, did y'all see that? The article was like, yeah. Making, criticizing Biden it could be a threat to our democracy. That was written in the what, Amy? Where was that? Who said it? To the, to the democracy. Hold on, let me um, let me pull it up. Was it the Washington Post? Um, is criticizing Joe Biden a danger to democracy? Mm. Um, it says as concerns mount over the future of free and fair elections, a debate has broken out about whether the media must protect Biden to save the republic. You know, yeah, uh, save. Oh, yeah, the okay. Republic. Yeah. And then um, it says over the weekend, Washington Post's Dana Milbank made considerable waves with a column that rather lustily accused the media of offering President Biden worse coverage than President Trump. Okay, okay. <laughs> I want, go ahead. I mean, go ahead. Then I'm gonna... I know I, you have to laugh because all I can envision when I close my eyes is a tweet of Kathy Griffin holding Trump's bloodied severed head in her hand. Yeah. And, and there was no, I was like, oh, okay. And retweeting and clapping. I, I can't, okay, here's the other thing. So our life under President Trump was quite nice. Let's be real. For most Americans, I mean, go look at the polls. If you don't believe me, go look at the polls that talk about people when they when you ask them about their quality of life now as compared to three, four years ago, okay? We had well, a very good life. Economy, our oh, yeah. The economy, safety, domestic-ish, I mean, um, foreign policy, um, the border, every, I mean, arguably everything was better. Right. Even the IRS came out recently and said um, that taxes were lower under the Trump administration. Like they yep. confirmed that okay. IRS data approves Trump tax cuts benefited middle working class Americans the most. Yes. IRS data has proved that. Yep. Mm. Middle, middle America was benefited the most. Okay. So all he heard in the media was that all he cared about was the rich, you know, getting the. But, but I, I would argue that Trump lost the election. It, 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 a part of the reason, and listen, there people hated him, but they got a lot of help from the media. The media. The media. Now, we'll always say Trump tweet. Trump tweets did not help him with a portion of the population. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, um, but the media, like it was almost like the man never had a chance, which I think only encouraged the tweeting because he, right. you know, would say, "I can't even get what I think or am doing out there unless I tweet about it." Right. And I right. Think what news? What news organization is going to fairly cover what he wants? Weren't. To I mean, so many of them. It's like the dude couldn't get a, a, a fair shake. And again, we'll admit he created his own issues too. Like right, but but right. on top of that, so this is where Biden. We're living in unprecedented times. Inflation at what a forty-year high. And listen. I just saw this morning that the average family is going to have to spend $3,500 more to have the same experience they would have had a year ago this holiday season. $3,500. That's how much the inflation is impacting the things that, you know, we're spending money on right now. That is crazy to me. And, and while we're talking about Biden, what about that, those student loans? Talk right. about costing more money. So he campaigned on, we talked about this, right? He campaigned on student loan forgiveness and that he said that should be done right now. And then yeah, what no. just, go ahead, Amy, yeah. what just came out? Like, well, it's like he's, he promised that he was going to give everybody what, like $10,000 per individual. Yeah. Um, 
I can't remember what it was. I just know, wasn't it like a student, a student loan forgiveness? And um, he said it should be like the top priority, like that it was. Right. And, right and by the way, wait, like to be fair, just in case people don't know, the Trump administration had put a stay on those payments as well during COVID. So it wasn't, this is not, this was not a bipartisan discussion during COVID, but now that we understand this pandemic's never going away, this is endemic, we've got to move on. Um, but Biden had campaigned on canceling them forever. No, right. that's not going to happen. That's not yeah, happening. He was asked in during, you know, November before he was elected, um, if student loan cancellation would be figured into his economic recovery plan. And he said, he said it should be done immediately. And on the campaign trail, he had pledged to cancel at least $10,000 of student debt per person. So, and I just want to remind everyone back in the eighties, when in nineties, when, um, when George Herbert Walker Bush, first one, president said, read my lips, no new taxes, then got into office and raised taxes. He didn't get reelected. Right. The, the, the American public gave him four years and said, you're done because you lied. I, right. I'm just curious if Americans care about your lying ass president anymore. Like, I'm just curious. Does anyone care? I read somebody, somebody put a, a tweet or something out there that said, pretty much if you are voting for somebody because you think you're going to get something or they're going to give you something, then they're lying. Like there's your red flag. Do not vote for people because they're promising you things. Mm -hmm. They're promising to give you things. Mm -hmm. We're not looking to our politicians just give me, give me, give me, give me stuff. I yeah. want, I want this for free. Mm -hmm. I want it. Give me things. Stop it. They're lying. It's never going to happen. Well, and that was a criticism of Obama, right? From the black community. They said, you know, we thought he was going to make a bigger difference for our community than he made. And again, just stop trusting these jokers. Like really, all of them, all of them, regardless of the party. Like career politicians, y'all. This Joe Biden has been in politics for four decades. Yep. Four decades. Yeah. And we, we expect that now, after 40 plus years, almost 50 years, when when there has not been probably one single amazing accomplishment that he has had. I mean, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. I can't think of one. Yep. But all of a sudden, after 47 years. He's yep. going to swoop in and just start making SHIT happen. No, no, no. I can, we, if we want to turn the lemons into lemonade, he's got, he's got to be waking some people up. Yep. He's got to be waking some people up. Well, I know that y'all waking me up even more and more and more, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm just curious if in the death tolls, when we look back and history is written about 2020 and 2021, I'm just curious about how all of this is going to be reported and, and, and the revisionist history that might happen or, or hopefully doesn't. Or maybe we get even more perspective on just how absolutely horrible this administration has been. But let me just say, not just the administration, the whole pandemic and the effects of it. If we want to count deaths over 2020 and 2021, you know, we, we first found out that, that COVID deaths were being reported, even if someone didn't die of COVID. If they died with COVID, they were still considered a COVID death. But are we going to talk about the number of deaths from fentanyl overdoses? And are we going to talk about the, the role that the border crisis is playing in it? And why in the world, if we're right. really concerned about health and, and, the, and the life of Americans, why we have left those borders opening open and no one is doing anything and it's taken federal judges telling Biden to get his SHIT together to actually go back to the previous administration's stay at home policy to try to correct some of this. But did you guys know we've already hit 2 million illegal immigrants that have crossed since January of 2021? I mean, 
Or no, yeah, it's 2021. Yes, since since the new administration came in, two million. Our the CDC has finally admitted that the fentanyl-related overdose deaths rose horribly, like by like 50, it was like 54% or something like that. Um, well, it says here, it says nationally between July 2019 and December 2020, so that was just one year, it rate it rate it increased nearly 33%, but the latest says it's up 50, like 52 to 54%. This is from fentanyl that is coming from Mexico, in addition to the 2 million people, largely of whom were not vaccinated. So if we're really concerned about vaccinations, you're going to put all these mandates and these burdens on God, like God-loving Americans who, who are paying their taxes and being good citizens. You're going to punish them, but you're going to let these illegal immigrants come in and you're going to tell us it's about health and you're going to tell us about safety. And they're bringing in these drugs that are killing our teenagers. It's now being laced in marijuana. So marijuana smokers, y'all need to pay attention to that. They are lacing this stuff in all kinds of drugs. It is not. And let's also not forget that they have missing. They, they can't find. They've lost contact with however many kids. Remember, we talked about that. I can't remember how many thousands of kids. Oh, so many, and yeah. the and then the hell, yeah, there's I mean, trafficking. There's, um, I want to, I want to mention real quick. Um, well, the health and safety, we're talking about health, safety in the border and our citizens. Y'all probably didn't hear this story, but a mother and daughter were tragically killed, um, just in Texas, LaDonna, Texas, which is a border town. Um, when a human smuggler, basically it was an 18 year old, um, a U.S. citizen, who had like six or seven illegal immigrants in the car, ran a stop sign and slammed into them probably like 70 miles an hour, right before Christmas time, mother and a daughter dead. Like there are going to be stories like this as well, that these lives count too. You know, these, these people were not doing anything They're wrong. They're going to come out and say the car killed them, yeah. not the smuggler. And it's not that it's just <sighs> a smuggler that was like trying to get away with, you get, know, like oh. bring in these, you know, these more illegal immigrants into, into the country. Um, so two lives lost there. Yeah. Um, and one more thing I want to mention for you guys, if you, if y'all don't follow, I'm going to give you a name of somebody to follow if you're interested yeah. in border and you're interested in trafficking and, and human trafficking. Um, his name is, I guess you say Jackal, Jackal, <laughs> J-A-C-O. Okay. And then there's a, a dot. So yeah. J-A-C-O dot, dot. Bullions. It's B-O-O -O, like boo. And then Y-E-N-S. Okay. He is down at the border right now and he is going to be exposing, um, yeah, there he's um isn't he gonna interview some traffickers? Yes. He is down there now and he's his latest post um was that he he said um still on the border, shocking child trafficking interviews coming your way. Yeah. So if y'all want to hear like real yeah. accounts of what's going on at the border, um he's he's a good one to follow. Yes. Yeah, be paying attention to this because again, remember this is supposed to be Kamala uh, Kamala Harris's um, jurisdiction, right? She's supposed to be the one that's in charge of the border, which I believe she's never been in charge of it, and she is their scapegoat. She's the Biden administration's scapegoat because they know that she doesn't have any popularity anyway. She's people don't like Biden; they hate her, right? She it's even worse. So I think they just put her over the things that are so controversial because she is the Democratic Party's scapegoat. I am convinced of it now, um, yeah. but. I also want everyone to pay attention to the fact that uh, President Biden just said that voting rights is our most important domestic issue right now. Voting okay. rights. Now, now vote, anyone else real concerned about your voting rights right now? Uh, I mean, no. I'm concerned about illegal voting. I'm real concerned about illegal voting. But now he wants to make it even easier to cheat. 
Okay, that's that's going to be my opinion. So this is not based, you know, I mean, it is based in facts that I know, but this is, I can't prove this. But, you know, what happened in 2020, the amount of laws that got changed for all these write-in votes was alarming. And they used the pandemic as the reason. And maybe that was their legit reason for doing it. But friends, go look at all the laws that got changed in states, swing states, that we're going to be close. It didn't change in Biden's home state. His home state still has some of the strongest, um, some of the biggest obstacles to voting of any state in the in the in the fifty in the fifty nine. And, and by obstacle, do you mean showing an ID? Yeah, showing an ID. Oh, okay. okay yeah. So just so y'all know, I mean, just so you know, the states that were declared, like, you know, they knew we're going to go blue. The, the, there was no issue. But in any state where they weren't sure what was going to happen, that's where they focused their attention on voting rights. It's the height of hypocrisy. It's not about, again, just like it's not about health, it's not about voting rights. It's about maintaining power. It's about power. The vaccine card to eat, eat a cheeseburger. Yeah, you have to have a vaccine card to uh, that's, make. That's not racist, mm-hmm. but having an ID to vote is. I yep. mean, really. make it make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's absolutely absurd. But again, just look, look at how many things they make a deal over. And it is, and if you just follow the trail, it all goes back to power, which also goes back to money because you need money to maintain power. Now, a, a friend of ours, his grandma had been dead for, I don't know if it was months or a year. She got a mail-in ballot <sighs> during the election. And yep. he was like, you know what? I mean, I guess I could have, I could have voted twice. Because he voted in person, he could have like said he was her and sent it in. And apparently a lot of that was happening. (laughs) But everybody's saying that that's, you know, that it's not, you know, the media once again. Again, again. And and, and again, it's important as Americans that we not just ask these hard questions, have these hard conversations, but look at the facts. I was at a dinner last night with someone, uh, a, a work dinner for my husband's companies. And um, one of the people sitting at the table, I don't know what these people believe. Okay. I have no idea what their, what their, what their impressions of this are. So I didn't know until after the dinner when my husband goes, well, you just gave her an earful that she probably didn't know. He has not left her house for two years. I think we were one of the first things she has oh come out to. Oh, bless. And so I started talking about the money trail to Pfizer. <laughs> Into the into the Biden administration. Didn't sleep last night, Holly. (laughs) She probably didn't. Paul said, "Holly, he's like, he's like, I noticed you noticed you had the last word, and they got real quiet." I said, "Yeah, I figured they probably didn't agree with me, but they weren't going to argue because they didn't have the facts. Because I (laughs) spit them like I like I was Buster Rhymes. I mean, I was on the fact trail. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I was like, here you go, and she looked at me." She literally looked at me like, what? I'd like, oh my gosh. And so. It is the media though. Think about like CNN, the trafficking. When they said it, didn't they say it was a conspiracy? And then here we go with Chris Cuomo and then the producer who was what? Like grooming, sexual, (laughs) like something or other, whatever. I mean, mean, and they act like it doesn't exist or it's QAnon people that think trafficking. Right. Like, like, please. please. I mean. Trafficking is a conspiracy. It uh, check your brain. Oh. Ashton Kutcher was one of the first to really bring this to our attention, and I don't know his politics, but I mean he's a Hollywood celebrity that was bringing human trafficking to our attention, right? right. 
Like, so again, this is, it should not be, but we have politicized everything. So now if you, if you think that human trafficking is a problem, then you're a right-wing conservative. Why are we doing this? It should just be, it is, or it isn't, you know? Remember that was when I started really waking up and when they shadow banned me, when I said they were like deleting everybody's posts, if they did save the children, hashtag save the children. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, I know we, we got to get, uh, we got to wrap this up because uh, we got stuff we got to do today, but we want everybody to tune in. In just a few more days, we are going to be recording with Dr. Cami Benton out of Charlotte, North Carolina, a pediatrician that I have been aware of been following for a while because she's smart. She also graduated from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, like Kristen, um, with, uh, as, as a physician and and you guys, I really think everybody's going to want to hear what she has to say, for sure. Were you going to say something, Amy? No, my phone started ringing. I was like, <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure it didn't make a noise. But we're good. Okay, we're good. All right, y'all. We'll see you in a few days. Make sure you tune back in. See you guys later. Have a great day. Bye, y'all.